ranch water. Cheers. <laughs> and Meg McCreed. Welcome. Cheers. Thank you. Great to be here. So psyched to have you today. Man, I'm so excited to be in California. Paso Robles. Is that how you pronounce it? Is that correct? You know, I say Paso Robles. Uh, a friend of mine says Paso. It's oh, your yeah. town today. You can say whatever you oh, want. Oh, I don't know about that. Nobody <laughs> wants to give me the keys <laughs> to the kingdom. Um, last night, Troubadour? Troubadour. Let's hear about it. That's wild. It was crazy. Like, we, I've never been to L.A. before. Oh, really? Yeah, that was my first time. Oh, wow. And my first time playing in L.A. was at the Troubadour, which was a little intimidating. Um, but definitely awesome. Like, we walked in, and it's like you can just feel the history and feel everything that's gone down there. So many of my heroes and have played there. And Elton John did a six-night residency. He's That's yeah. like his spot, you know, and I, I love Elton say. John, of course. And the security guy said Janis Joplin used to sleep upstairs. Holy cow. Which was where our green, our green room, though, oh, was... Yeah? We had like a single light bulb like hanging and it was this like black painted walls green room and we were like we're gonna go crazy yeah if we don't get out of here place? <laughs> oh yeah oh totally no you can pull this mic back too chill sit back make yourself perfect you move it wherever you want this is great yeah i was gonna say do i have to be I no you can SM7. pull this whole thing really pulls yeah oh yeah shit. cool um I've, I've been in the troubadour once to film the band that i had on wednesday um, it was in 2019. It's a cool spot. Who's the band? Sure. Balin. Have you heard well, of them? Yeah, I oh, actually have? have. Yeah, cool. So I filmed for them back in 2019. I just brought a camera to the venue and shot, and they liked it. And so we've kind of stayed in touch since. And Amazing. The three of them joined for a wild podcast on Wednesday. They had been on low sleep. and <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But that's like the tour life, right? Me too, man. Yeah. Me too. This is our <laughs> last day of um, a 14-day run. Like 14 days in a row? Well, 14 days on the road, okay. but 14, 14 days away from home. Um, Myself dabbling in like concert videography, a week for me is like a lot. So 14 yeah. days is a lot. <laughs> so we left, uh, we flew to Denver, and then we flew from Denver to Salt Lake City, got a rental car, drove to Montana, then drove halfway after the show in Montana, went to Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, L.A., and here. So it's been fun. It was sunny in Seattle and raining in L.A. <laughs> You're seeing it all. <laughs> yeah. You're seeing this whole country. Would you say that you are built for touring? Do you like touring, being on the road, being tired? I like it. Yeah. yeah. I uh, Anna called me, my guitar player. She called me a trucker today. I was like, <laughs> she's like, I can drive. And I was like, no, I got it. Like, it's become a game to me, you know? It's like, how far can I get today? Like, I want to know how many miles I've driven over the last oh. two weeks. But it's fun. I mean, we just listen to music, and it's like, more relaxing in some ways than being back home. When I'm back home, I gotta be four million different places mm -hmm. every day. It's like on the road, you just gotta be in one, you gotta get to one place, you just gotta get there. When you're driving, you can't be doing anything else. Nope. But sit. Listening to records friend. and yeah. hanging out. And yeah. so I, I kind of love it. Yeah. I'm not ready to go home. No, just stay on the <laughs> road. Be, I might. A, be a rambling, rambling <laughs> woman. I might. You've had a quite the year, quite the last year, years, weeks. New, yeah. new album out here? New album. It's just me. I'm psyched. Weeks is actually accurate. Yeah. It's been a crazy few weeks. Holy moly. And and I'm pumped, too, because I just listen to, every week, religiously, Discovery Weekly Release Radar on Spotify. Yeah. And uh, I forget what, what track, I think it was Mary Jane Chardonnay. Oh, yeah. Pops up on Discovery Weekly, and I go, do you ever listen to a song and, and you have to start over? Like, what is this? That's that was that song. Amazing. And I'm like, I got to find out. I was going to ask is. you how you found it. Yeah, I'm just sitting at home listening, and uh, and and immediately I'm like, 
this is amazing. So you go to the whole album. Sometimes you just go, that's okay track. And then, but I'm like, I heard that. And I'm like, I know that this girl's got better stuff too. Like the whole thing is, is amazing. Thank so. you. Um, I didn't mean better. I mean, oh, like, hey, I met this girl. Got- I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I found it, uh, found you on Instagram. I'm like, you're coming to California in like two weeks. That was perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of crazy because uh, I texted my manager. and I was like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And she's like, how did you like meet him? And I was like, dude, he heard the record and he just reached out. And I was like, yeah. that is the coolest thing ever. And I'm always interested how people find new music. Because as a new musician, you're like, it feels like there's a million bajillion people doing the same thing and it's like you're on the internet and it's just constant like sensory overload so it's like how do people weed through that mm. and find what they like anymore yeah that's true and like, Kaylin was saying there's like 100,000 new songs on Spotify a day or something like that that's wild it's insane and then you just hope you get on a playlist and it's like it feels like you know in some ways it's like a new style of you know the music business but it's also the same old you know it's the same old shit. Can yeah. I say shit on the podcast? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same old shit. You have to like almost feels like you have to lobby for yourself mm. or that it's just like you're just kind of fighting to get to the the surface. Well, but it's like? cool. It's so cool that Discover Weekly worked out like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess because yeah. you know, I listen to I mean What do you listen to? Like I'm I'm curious. Mm. Like what's your like you're driving through this yeah. scenery we've been I've been driving. Well, I made a playlist. If you saw, I did. Yeah, I saw I the, the, the um, Krong bin on there. Yeah, that is my stuff. That is my record. Like my really? artist of the year. The Texas Sun. Like yeah, like, I, do. I love that. So stuff. good. But I, the, that band in general. Yeah, there's not a single track that they put out that I didn't like. No. What do I listen to? Um, I mean, there's a lot on there that I like a lot. So Krong bin. I was talking to a guy the other day. I'm like, I like a lot of like Red Dirt, Texas country, yeah. um, Flatland Cavalry. You now. Yeah. Um, I'm good friends with those guys. Really? Flatland. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Cleto and Caitlin are good friends of me and my boyfriend, Ben. We're both musicians. So, like, Cleto and Caitlin are, like, further down the road than yeah. us, if you will. But Caitlin's on this tour, Caitlin Butts. Um, oh, really? She's on this oh. tour, too. So she's going to be doing the Santa Barbara tomorrow. Oh. But I actually opened for her, and then, like, Ben opened for Flatland, and we opened for Flatland at Billy Bob's, Texas, uh, wow. in December. Yeah, Caitlin was on that on that playlist, too. So Amazing. Yeah. 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 So uh, I would say, yeah, a lot of the things that you see on that, I can't remember it right now, but uh, yeah. Red Dirt Country. I, I think I got, over the last few years, more into things that you wouldn't necessarily hear on mainstream country radio. Because yep. it's become less and less country. But before we get all into that, <laughs> for the people who don't yet know Meg McCree, can you give us a little background and, and what your particular style of country is too? Because I've heard a lot of people say a lot of different things. I have I have too, man. And I'm still trying to figure that out. But uh, my journey to music is, is kind of interesting. Like I was, so I'm originally a classical violinist. When I was a little kid, um, I, I heard There's Your Trouble. Uh, Dixie Chicks, my mom had the CD, and I was like, damn, like, what? I didn't say damn, I was five. So in my little five-year-old brain, I was like, oh. I said, Mom, what is that instrument? And she said, oh, Meg, that's a violin or whatever. Do you, do you like it? And I was like, yeah, I want to learn how to play it. And she's like, that's kind of weird. So they um, got me, my grandparents for my birthday got me, like, five lessons just to see, like, you know, your little kid. And then my family was never, like, pushy, like, you're going to be doing, my, neither my like my parents are musical my sister played plays piano amazing and like started around the same time I started violin so my both of my parents were kind of like 
what is going on? Like both of my, our kids are really interested. Um, but my dad, like his family, there's a lot of drummers and uh, musicians on his side and my like mom's side, there's piano players and everything. So they were like, if you're interested, we want to make you go for it and um, encourage you. So I did that till I was 18. I was like playing classical violin, like competitively and then in orchestras and everything. And then during that time I got interested in, I was always into anything music and I would sing and I was like, well, I think I can kind of sing, you know, but I was violin. Like that was what I was doing. And, um, got a guitar for Christmas when I was 15 and just kind of learned some chords on YouTube and was like, yo, it's fun to be able to sing and play. And I'd stay up and get lost in it and everything and ended up going to Vanderbilt on an academic scholarship. So I was kind of like, oh, music is just like a kind of a pipe dream for me. Like, I love it. It's my outlet. It's my hobby. But like, oh, I should have started earlier. I thought when I was 18, I was too old to like start to be like a, a musician, you know, like a commercial musician. But because I, I, everything you see is like Taylor Swift was 14 or 15 and it freaks you out. You're like, oh, well, I should have already been doing it or... So I, I didn't have that on my radar at all when I went moved to Nashville, but it was in the back of my mind. Vanderbilt's in Nashville. And, like, when I was picking schools, I knew, well, Vanderbilt gave me a scholarship, so that was nice. But it was in Nashville, and I knew in the back of my mind that's kind of why I picked it. Um, and I ended up graduating, and while I was there, I did all these, like, unpaid internships. I didn't have a car, so I was, like, walking from, if you've been to Nashville, it's like you walking from West End to 16th Avenue, which is where Music Row is. That was quite a hike for college kid, a couple days a week, um, not getting paid. But I was at, like, a distribution. I had, like, six or seven, and I just wanted to learn how it worked, and I wanted to be a manager or wanted to do web design. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was like, I want to be around this. And I was interning for this um, publishing company my senior year, and there was, like, people coming in. I would type lyrics into the database. Like, that was part of my job as intern. And I find I had this feeling one day that I was like, it was just like, it, it just wouldn't go away. I was like, You're, I'm going to be so mad at myself if I don't go for this. Because I was writing songs and I was doing all that on my own and, and realizing, oh, that's like a job. Like, you can write songs. And so that day I just kind of decided, I was like, well, I'm going to graduate and then see what happens. And I asked the guy I worked for, I was like, do you think my songs are any good? Like, can you be honest? And, I, and I'd hate it as an intern doing that because it's, it's so annoying. Like in Nashville, all the kids are like, I want to show you my music. And the, it's just, oh, it's, it can be a lot. So I waited till like the very end of the semester. And then I asked him and he listened and I knew he would give me an honest answer because I knew him and it was like, he was very dry and funny, but like, I knew if I was like, Hey, he was close enough, like he was a good enough friend that he would tell me. He was like, yeah, I think you should go for it. And I was like, okay. So I just took that and ran with it, graduated and got a job serving tables like a week later. And I was nannying at the time too. So I I was like, well, I, I can serve at night and then write, do sessions during the day and meet people. So I was playing around town and uh, ended up meeting this crew of people that it's almost this like, I'm sure I'll talk about it a lot today but it's almost this like new Laurel Canyon like thing going on um and we have this circle of artists and musicians in Nashville that we all hang out all the time and like without them it's like it, it is it's really special like I don't think it happens that often from what I can observe um but end up riding with those guys and artists finding friends and 
signing a publishing deal. So I got to quit my serving job. And I signed with this um, songwriter named Hillary Lindsay, who's like a massive hit songwriter, like one of my heroes. And she started a new company right around the time, you know, that I was coming up and right place. It's a long story, but like wrong, like right place, right time kind of thing happened and um, ended up getting to know Jake Gear, who works, who's my publisher at the company and her and signed there. So it's been great. I've been there for two years and. I didn't want to be an artist. I wanted to write songs and do session work, like write in sessions and get cuts and all that. And then I got a manager and she was like, no, you're an artist. And so she was like, her name is Mandolin. She instilled that in me. She's like, no, you need to make a record. And I think you should make it with this guy, Andrew Petroff, who you've been writing with. It seems like you guys have a cool creative thing going on. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> and then, then I made started making the record in January of last year. So January of 2022. And we finished in like September. And it was kind of a long process um, working. You know, sometimes we'd be working three weeks at a time. Then we'd have to take a month off because life or whatever. And then we'd go back to it. And it was it's been kind of a whirlwind. But we ended up making it and discovering this like new sound that kind of took a year you know just like I was like this is what I'm hearing and and I think Andrew like helped pull that sound like from the songs that that I was uh writing at the time and I think we arrived at something really cool and I, I, I've been calling it like back porch psychedelic or like uh I don't know I mean it's country music it's storytelling but there's a lot of like rock and roll elements to it and a, and a lot of like, if you look at the inspiration playlist for the record, it's all over the map. It's, like, everything from Yeba to uh, the Eagles to Waylon and Willie record to Grace Potter, Sheryl Crow kind of stuff. Um, Bonnie Raitt. There's a lot of lot of influences that went in. The Grateful Dead, that's a big one that went into it. And so it was a journey. But it came out two weeks ago. It's and I'm so proud of it. It's so fun. It's great. Thank you. Have you heard Groovy? I think it's Groovy. Yeah, Groovy Country. Yes. <laughs> groovy yeah. Country. That's another one. That's another one. It's so good. Uh, I'm so stoked I came across it. Do you still play violin? Yeah. Really? So you... I played um, I played fiddle for Haley Witters. Oh, right on. Like a, la- a couple summers ago. She had a... Um, so her husband is actually my publisher, and he was like... She needs someone, and I, I was always kind of like, there's so many great fiddle players in Nashville. Like, I'm a violin player pretending to be a fiddle player, so I have to kind of fake it a little bit. But I filled in for some gigs on her. We toured um, with Midland at Little Big Town. It was my first experience touring was at these huge amphitheaters. And wow. I was playing rhythm guitar, doing harmonies, and um, playing fiddle. So I've done that. I've done, like, some sessions in town. I say it's like my... Most hard-earned party trick is the fiddle. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to incorporate it some way because I played strings on, there's a song called Saying Goodbye, and I did like a whole string section for it on the record. And um, yeah, I want to figure out a way to incorporate it into the show. But For someone who thought you'd just be doing songwriting, not performing, you've done a lot of performance. I know. amazing. I know. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you did, by the way. So that's so cool, though. You you think you're going to do, well, you go to school to do academic things, and then it yes. switches gears, and then you just keep seeing where life goes. Like, w- yeah. at what point do you do you start 
following the path, taking people's advice, or you know, you're following your own passion too. But when does it morph from I'm leaving, leaning more on this as a hobby? No, now I'm going to make a switch, and now I'm going to do something that I never saw from the very beginning anyway. Man, I think it's I think it was interning and just seeing how everything worked and seeing people come in and write songs and seeing what their schedule and their life was like. I was like, wow, that sounds like an adventure. Like, I want to do that. That yeah. sounds awesome. So what was it for you that then really made you aware that, you know, you can really perform and keep up with these acts that you're not only keep up, but now you're full on excelling? Was it those tours with Midland? Was it what was it for you where you're like, uh, now I'm passionate about performing for these audiences. Honestly, like, it was just performing really scared me at first. Mm. And I, like, had to do a lot of work in terms, like, internal work of getting over some stage fright and some, like, getting comfortable on stage. And a lot of it has nothing to do with performing. And it has more to do with, like, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, you just can't care. You just kind of got to get up there and feel good about what you're writing and feel good about what you're saying and at the end of the day it's like I could you know reps also help just getting getting reps in and playing and be like okay well the world didn't set on fire when I missed that note or forgot that lyric so like it's gonna be fine you know mm. it's not that serious it's supposed to be fun um but it did take me a while kind of to warm up to it um I wasn't like always the the kid that was wanting to be in the spot like that really wasn't what I liked, but now I just love performing and I love music and I love songwriting. So for me, it's like more like sharing what I made. It's like a show and tell mm. kind of situation. That's yeah. how I have to think about it is like, here's what I made. Like, let me show you instead of like, look at me. That stresses me out. Yeah. Three months on the road, I can tell like I've already even from January improved in terms of like learning how to perform and be on the road and engage an audience and like deal with it when they talk through it. And mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. So through this journey of trying hard, practicing, performing, getting better all the time, can we talk about how that has led to you coming off a major tour, now on another major tour this year? I'm sure it's just been a blast, but it Lainey has. Wilson, I mean, that's cool. It, <laughs> dude, we, um, so Lainey and I have the same manager, and um, I was a huge Lainey Wilson fangirl as like a member of the Nashville community writing and everything like we would have these writers rounds around town and I remember seeing her she did this song called Two Story House and it just blew my mind and that was probably in 2019 it was before COVID and I was like she's so cool man she just got it whatever it is so I just kind of admired her from afar and I followed her on social media and everything and one day I like get a message from her and um our publisher had sent my boyfriend, Ben Chapman, who's also um, was on the Laney tour, she sent him, she sent his record, or our publisher, he sent our, uh, so confusing, his record to Mandolin and Laney, and they heard it. And we had written a lot of songs together, and, and we had a duet on there, and they, she was like, hey, I just wanted to reach out and, like, say I heard this, and I think it's so cool what you guys are doing. It's so different, and I freaked out because I was like, dude, she's so cool. That's amazing, and uh, ended up, we met Mandolin, our manager, and she was the one, like I said earlier, that was like, no, you're an artist. Um, so that was that was cool. But we've been friends for a couple of years now, and I feel like she's a big sister to me. So going out on the road with them, like we were out west in January, and I was on the bus. So we had like a girl's bus and a guy's bus. So Ben and his band were on the guy's bus, and then 
we were on the girls bus and it was so fun like every night you just do an old face mask after the show and it's like now that i'm back in the car you know not it's not like that at all but <laughs> i got spoiled back in january but it's two very different and very cool experiences because I'm getting to see more of the West from the car mm, that's than the true. bus. You got to drive and, and yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to navigate. Yeah. Got to do the L.A. traffic. Got to do all that. You think the guys were doing the face masks at night, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> they would have a- wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> How validating that must be, though, to just be doing your thing, trying as hard as you can, and then you get a message. And it, it must feel so good that you're like, oh, I was doing it right. And, and that effort kind of pays off. And then, you, then you're on the road. And you're like, I'm here because of those hours writing, those hours performing and practicing. And you always feel like to a certain extent that you don't, you have imposter syndrome. You know, you're like, how did I, like, sometimes I was like, how did I get, we played at the Troubadour, we played at the Fillmore, and it's like, how the hell did I wind up here? It's like, it's a funny thought, but it is awesome. And, and I, I have put a lot of hours, you know, it's like, Sometimes I tell the story and it sounds like I just kind of like was like, oh, I might write songs. Like I was always really into it and and under the surface, you know, maybe just afraid to share it. Um, but yeah, when I when I, once I hit the ground running, it was like playing rounds in Nashville and just kind of doing the hard grunt work, paying the dues, you know, waiting the tables and doing all that. And I I'm so glad that I spent those years kind of performing in town, which always harder to play in Nashville than on the road because mm. you just have the the arm crossers the judges you know everyone in the music industry is like what's this gonna be about because there's so much live music are they, are they sitting there because they're trying to like scout and sign yeah or? well there's just like even if there are other musicians they're just judging they're like wanting to see what's up uh-huh. you know whereas like on the road it's like everyone's like here to party or yeah. whatever um, is that just like a thing about Nashville? I think it's I, a music industry. Interesting. Thing. Okay. Are, yeah. are there places or are there groups of people that are more supportive rather than like competitive? I think the furthest away you are from the industry, the more fun the gig. Mm, okay. Like, honestly. Yeah. Because you always think, you know, the big cities and everything are going to be like, it ends up being these like small towns you play that you're like, oh, that was the show. Mm. That, you know, that really worked. Yeah. But it's cool to see on the road after like writing songs in Nashville for like a year or whatever, or three years really, to see like how they're actually received outside of the context of like other songwriters hearing it. Mm. Because there's a thing called like a songwriter's song where you can get into like trying to write to impress the other musicians instead of connecting with the general public. Okay. And that's like a balance that you have to ride because, you know, maybe sometimes it's the same thing, but sometimes it's the same song that they love, but... You can so easily get caught up in, like, how can I outwrite mm. that? I was going to say, being around so many prolific songwriters, you're probably always, like, honing your craft, sharpening your tool. And then when you go out, it's like, you've got it, for sure. Yeah, and you got to collect your experiences to bring back home. Mm-hmm. It's like your souvenirs, your ideas, and you have to recharge. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you have to come up with new song ideas every day. And, and by the, sometimes you just get to a point where you're like, I don't have anything left to say. So you got to go out and experience life and come back and have something to write about. That's got to be hard. It is. I mean, in high school, when I'm trying to write an essay, I've got writer's block, but then you have to do it as a job. Like, oh, yeah. That's got to be hard and daunting. And you just have to. Little Mary Jane and Chardonnay. Oh, yeah. That's what you got to have. <laughs> sometimes that helps. But it is like a, it is a, a muscle. Like, I think you can 
become a better songwriter and, and be able to go to that place easier the more you do it. Mm. it it's like a it's a skill that if if you're not if you haven't done it in a while sometimes it's you do it better than you ever did because you get rid of you know if you like you know when you play sports and then like I always played grew up yeah. playing tennis but it's like if I took a few months off playing tennis and I went back and like hit I would lose all my bad habits mm. so I'd, that first day back I'd be like oh man I'm feeling yeah. good mm-hmm. sometimes songwriting is like that you know take a break and then it's like you come back and you're excited about it again but yeah sometimes like you take a big break and you write four great songs the next week because you've had to stockpile ideas and experiences and you're constantly I'm constantly writing stuff down in my phone Mm. and like constantly writing phrases or ideas or like humming melodies and always I'm a filmmaker and I do that with video ideas yeah it's like the same thing I was just talking on Sunday with a photographer out in Lake Tahoe and I was like do we ever stop looking around us at like things to photograph things to make videos about is that the same for you with songwriting are you always just thinking in song mode yes it's kind of hard because you can never turn it off Mm. but it's also like a gift because it romanticizes every like helps you romanticize everyday things which makes life more fun that's cool yeah that was poetic right there yeah you just romantic you know you think (laughs) sitting in a white van (laughs) exactly (laughs) you get to romanticize your life and, you know, it's your job to, like, you know, take a tiny thing or a conversation you had maybe and be like, I'm going to run away with that creatively and, like, create this whole other story or some idea. Like, you'll meet a person and they'll – sometimes you meet people at the merch table and they'll tell you some story about, you know, my, I just broke up with my boyfriend and this is what happened. And they'll, you know, they've had a few drinks and they'll spill it out to you. And you're like, well, there's, there's a few songs in there if I embellish this story a little bit. But it just yeah. kind of jogs your – your memory and it jogs like that part of your brain that wants to tell a story or make it up. Mm, I like <laughs> which that. Is yeah. Fun. yeah. <laughs> you're, hi- you're coming in hijacking Taylor Swift style and other people's breakups. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, um, the thing about imposter syndrome is interesting because I talk to not just musicians here on Vancast, but so many people who are so good at what they do, whether that's a comedian, a photographer, a singer songwriter. Um, I think that thing about imposter syndrome, I think it means that you're never really satisfied, whether that makes you like a perfectionist or, or something like that. But I think that's what makes you good at what you do. If yeah. if you do have that kind of mindset of, I shouldn't be here. I mean, do you find that you can take the time to pat yourself on the back a little bit? Because, I mean, you definitely should. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I think that mindset is what's led you to be where you are too. Yeah, I mean, I always talk about my publisher, um, Hillary Lindsay. She's like, like I said, a hit songwriter, has a ton of songs you would know that she's been a part of and is just by all means, like everyone would look at her and say she's extremely successful at what she does and she's never satisfied. She goes like, I don't know if I'll ever have a hit again. It's like, you know she will from the outside, but it's also that attitude I think has been what, has made her so successful. She's hungry and she's constantly trying to prove herself. And I think if you get to a place and you feel like entitled to be there, you feel like some, it's one thing to be like, I have earned, you know, like I've worked and it it makes sense why I'm here. You know, like I followed these steps or whatever, but it's another thing to kind of be in a situation, look down on it or say like, I deserve this. I deserve that. There's no fairness in this business. Like, there are people that are way better than me that aren't on tour right now 
There are people that, you know what I mean? There's mm. people that I would say I could outplay them, but they're on bigger tours mm. or they're on the, the stadium tour or whatever. But it's like there's always going to be this comparison. There's always going to be the kind of like looking at, you know, where everyone is. And it, it it's if you're humble enough to say, like, I can't believe I'm here, like you enjoy it enough, like, for me, it's like I just can't believe I get to do what I love every day. And it's like I can't believe I just get to get in a car on Friday and drive down the PCH and have the windows down and, like, be with one of my best friends and we're going to go play music in California tonight. It's like those are the times where I feel gratitude and I feel I feel proud, but I also feel more gratitude about it. I think it's cool, you know, that these things have led to, to me being able to live my dream. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, I'm just grateful every day. I I love it. I love what I do and I do it all the time. So I better. (laughs) Well, I think it's the mindset that has allowed you to get there. It's that feeling of, or rather the lack of feeling of entitlement where you're not feeling like owed something, but recognizing that when you put in hard work, like good things happen. Yeah. Someone told me like, Nick, you throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall and sometimes it just sticks. I'm like, yeah, you just got to. I threw a ton of spaghetti. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's so many times that I've applied for jobs and and then you finally get one. But you wouldn't have got that one if you applied for just the one, you know. Right. So. It's like that with songs, too. You know, you just write. You just keep writing. Like someone said, like, writing songs is like taking a handful of seeds and like throwing them into the field. And, you know, that's in the context of the songs getting cut or recorded by other artists. Um, Like that's half of kind of what I do. So I'm like writing my own. Now my focus right now is definitely more on my artist career because I put out a record and I'm touring and going to play some play more shows this year than I ever have and but I, when I go home like I love writing songs for other artists and like being a part of that process. And you just got to write a million of them and hope that, you know, maybe if you for every 100, 3 get cut or 3, you know, then you're doing good. Okay. Yeah, it's right now. It's the the shaking hands, kissing baby tour, and yeah. then you go back to the drawing board. But yeah. take a moment. I think it's. I hope you do because it's it's Thank phenomenal you. what you're doing. Thank um, you. Can we talk a little bit about? Uh, you mentioned Ben Chapman. Yes. And and how that works into? Does that work into? Do you all write songs together? He's very talented as well. Um, I, I I don't know. Like, how does that factor in? I know so much country music. You know, is about love and things. So I mean, have you? How do you write like a heartbreak song when you're in a good relationship or do you just not? You Man, know? I think you just have to draw on like other ones. Like yeah. you have to draw on like there's certain experiences you have that are just kind of a well. And you're like, OK, well, if I'm writing that, this was a time I felt that way. I have to go back there, which can be hard. But it's also nice because it feels like there's a there was a purpose for that hard time or that heartbreak is like, oh, well, that. I'm still able to, you know, for lack of a better word, monetize sure. this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have to. It's great. <laughs> Why not? Um, but yeah, Ben and I, we we um, are actually signed to the same publisher. So we've, we got started, like we were friends and we wrote together and that's how our friendship started. Mm. Um, and then we ended up starting dating and I was like, oh my gosh, we're dating. Like, are we going to able, are we going to still be able to collaborate? Because there's this other kind of like, you know, it, you're always wondering, it's like working with your significant other can be really hard, but we write together all the time and we write um, with other artists, like four other artists. And we've had success, like getting 
songs recorded by other artists when we've written together. So I think we both do like a very different thing, but it's complimentary. So like Ben basically over COVID, he's a great guitar player. And I was like, I need you to show me like how to do this, this, and this, and this. And I feel like I improved tenfold. And then he's like, oh, I want to like get better at writing melodies or whatever. And it's like, we kind of feed off of each other in that way. And I play in his band and like he'll play with me and we've just done so many hours of gigs together. So many. Um, but he's out on the road right now. He was with Laney still finishing that tour. Mm. And he played at Kane's Ballroom last night in Tulsa, which is like a legendary spot, um, especially in the red dirt world. And I'm like, I was at the Troubadour. So it was kind of a cool night. It's like we were both kind of doing some bucket list things and called and it's like, how was sound check? I was like, it's great. Like, how's this? Oh, I'm going to send you a picture of the venue. It's so sick. And it's hard, like, being a part. We were on tour for the first two months of the year together. Um, but it's been fun. It's cool to, like, he is so encouraging of, like, my artist career, and I just, like, want him to kill it. And we're kind of in the same circle, so it's it's a lot of fun. We get to spend a lot of time together, um, but also do our own thing. That's cool. He's talented. Yeah, he is. Has he written on this with you, too, on this Yeah, record? so Ben wrote, um, the two of us wrote uh, Close As I Want together. Uh, we wrote Saying Goodbye. Um, we wrote A Lot To Say. Am I missing one? No, I think that's it. So if you're going to write something with Ben, yeah, do so. you uh, do you have an idea coming in? Does he have an idea coming in and you kind of marry those together? How does it work for you? For us two, like, a lot of times, for a while, I, you know, I am I love lyric ideas, so I'll come in with a lyric idea. But lately I've been in a melody phase. I've just been loving, like, the feeling of a song. You know, this was talking about Krong, Ben, makes you feel a certain way. I have no idea what they're saying, but it makes you feel yeah, a certain way. <laughs> and it's like they don't have to say anything. So yeah. I think I've been into that, but he, so, like, a lot of times, it's either I'll have a lyric idea or he's a, a guitar kind of lick or idea and he's like I mean he'll be playing something I'm like, wait record that like that's so cool um so that's a complimentary thing like a, a way that we work together is like I love words and he loves arranging and like he can just sit down and be like okay this is what the verse is going to be in and then the chorus is going to be over these and then it makes it easier for me and I'm we'll start singing and mm. but it, it's different every time yeah and it's if we have another person in the room too if we're writing with another artist like that's different too, but a lot of times, like Ben will take on the musical arrangement role kind of thing and rock it. And so I've learned so much from doing from him just musically, because um, he's played in bands for a lot longer than I have. Like he was playing like VFWs and bands full of old men when he was fifteen. Wow! And like I was in orchestra, so I didn't I didn't really know how like a bass drums guitar band worked mm. or like ran practice. So I feel like I learned from him like going to band practice like okay how do you run a practice how do you you know work through a song like how there's a lot of things that like you just have to kind of trial by fire learn and so I've gotten to watch how he does that and I think he's watched how I do different things and ride and everything and he's learned from it too so it's cool you both bring something different to the table totally it makes something amazing totally I love that yeah. And and y'all were out on the Laney Wilson tour together at one point, right? I think I listened yes. to a podcast where yes. I think she joined at the end yes. or something. So we were out in January and February, West Coast January, and then East Coast um, in February. Okay. So we were out on that. I was first to three, and then I would, they his band would come out and play my last song with me, and then I would scoot over one mic, 
and play rhythm guitar and sing harmonies with them. That's so fun. So it's so much fun. And like, they're like, those guys are like my family. And we joke, we say like my band and Ben's band are like, the cousins are coming. Like they're all friends. And so it's really cool. And like, I hope that we all get to tour together soon. Yeah. But we, we have a lot of fun. That's the point. You know, it's like, if you're going to play music, it better be fun. And better with be with people who make you laugh. Yeah. Because that's the only way to get down the road. Yeah. Is to be laughing. Because there's gonna be they had a flat tire last night at Kane's. Like, oh, we played this great sold out show at Kane's. Like, oh, we have a nail on the tire. And then it started pouring ratings. So they were trying to change the tire and it was pouring and then it's like this morning. Gotta do it again. And you know, like uh, touring is just I did my makeup in traffic today. So it's like touring is is just winging it and laughing about it. And knowing that, like, you might stink and you might, you know, be wanting to kill somebody in the car with you. But it's you just have to have a sense of humor. And I think that I've also learned that from him <laughs> in, in that band. And so. hopefully, hopefully you're touring and traveling with people that can laugh along with you yes. and make those flat tire moments a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my guitar player, it's been us two on this tour with Morgan. And we have just laughed our asses off. We've had the most fun time there's just been crazy just around i mean if you're out west and you're driving out west for two weeks crazy shit's gonna happen you know like and luckily we've minimized that you know we have a all the crazy stuff that's happened has been more funny than really crazy like luckily knock on wood no car troubles yeah. rented a car <laughs> got a great uh 2023 ford edge <laughs> big screen i'm not used to it um but we have just had a blast and people want to help us. It's two girls and we're lugging all this stuff mm. and we're going to the airport. And like we found that people want to help. And like, can I, like all our Uber drivers, like for a while before we got our rental car, we were Ubering with literally like, I have a picture of all of our luggage around us. And it's like two of us try. It, it was a comedy show, <laughs> us getting our bags to like check them. Um, but people were like, let me help you get your bags. So we can, you know, they were cool. Yeah. Um, but it's been great. You've talked a little bit about, you know, having fun with Anna and stuff. What's it been like actually performing right before another massive artist, Morgan Wade, which we're parked next to her bus, right? Yes. So if people hear the the rumbling, we're parked next to Morgan Wade's bus. So that's cool. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Dude, I had not met Morgan before I came on this tour. And um, I booked this tour uh, back in like September. It was during Americana Fest. So it was a long time ago. So I've been looking forward to it and just like, getting hyped up for it for a long time and got to meet her the first show and dude she was just so cool and so kind and her band has been band and crew have just been so welcoming and we're really sad that we're leaving like tonight they were like we're gonna hang out like have drinks after the show like touring is is hard work and you're away from home and it's great when it's people that want to hang and like have fun and make the most of it and her crew has been totally that and she's been nothing but cool and it's I just like I've been calling my manager I'm like I just couldn't have had a better experience and I, I feel lucky in that sense of like having so many female artists role models kind of in my life now that are all doing kind of like different things so I have like you know Haley who I played in her band and she's a dear friend of mine and I look up to her so much and um Lainey obviously and Morgan and I'm good friends with the Pistol Annies, Ashley and Angelina oh, back great. in back in Nashville. And they're like my fairy god sisters is what I call them. And my best friend, 
um, Harper's a musician, Harper O'Neill. You need to check her out. Um, I just feel like there's this sort of reputation maybe of like in country music in Nashville, female artists being like hard to connect with for, you know, there's this competition. It feels like there's a limited number of spots. But with the people I've met and the people I've interacted with, like I wrote some songs um, for Kaylee Hammock. We wrote a song on Kaylee Hammock's next record and L King and um, I got to work with Grace Potter and all the women that I've encountered. My publisher is female, my manager, my booking agent. And it's all because like, it's not on purpose. It's just all because they were like the best people for the job. And it was because, you know, my best friend, like we, it's just been really cool to see the community of, of like female artists being so supportive and like lifting each other up. And, and that's all I've experienced. And it inspires me because I want to be that to, you know, the next generation or whatever. Like, I don't, I never want it to be like this scary thing that it sometimes can be. Or it's like, oh, I don't like, her. like, I've just never been around anyone like that. And I'm thankful for it. That's good. I think yeah. you uh, associate with the right people. I think that's what you get back. You know, yeah. You're going to surround themselves with you. And I mean, you throw out all these successful people, you know, well-known names. And, you know, they're in a van cast somewhere saying, hey, I wrote with this girl, Meg McCree. <laughs> so, you know, that's going on. So include yourself in that list as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's been neat. I've learned so much from all of them and. It's fun to write guy songs, too. I love, like, I have, like, a song coming out next Friday called Boy and a Bird Dog. This artist, Colby Acuff, like, he's, like, a Americano kind of cool. He's from Idaho. So he's from the mountains. And it's just, like, I write something on the whole other end of the spectrum, and then I get to, like, work that out and, like, play a different character. So that that's fun about songwriting. Did you perform on that? You wrote it? It's coming out? Wrote it, Friday? yeah. Okay. Ben and I wrote it with him on Ben's Back Porch. So that's where a lot of the songs... Look forward to that happen yeah <laughs> nothing more country than that yeah it's legit you know nobody i mean you literally write songs on a back porch i don't uh, know yeah i don't know if green day is doing that or anything maybe oh it's the know. porch it's like the <laughs> sacred porch it's yeah. ben's house and we've written a lot of songs we got wrote some songs with paul cawthon on that porch that he's putting on his next record he's i don't know cool. if you're familiar with him he's on the playlist yeah man country as something yep <laughs> he's a good friend and we wrote on the on the porch with him a few songs it's funny we heard the recordings and we're like i cannot believe it went from there to like that you know that's yeah. the, the journey of song you know it's exciting when i listen to him it's like it's a vibe. I don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't talk like. I don't say it's a vibe or whatever. But like, it is a vibe. It's like I don't, his voice and the, the the deep bass beats. I don't know. It's it's great. It's, it's really cool. No one else is doing it. No. Yeah. So uh, what I usually ask people is, you know, if if people are asking you, you know, well, how do I do this? You know, what do I do to to get to where you're at performing in front of? I mean, tonight at Barrel House here in Paso Robles, they said it's going to be like the biggest show they've ever had here. Oh, really? So that's cool. What's yeah. the capacity here? I wonder. I don't know. I've been here one time for um, Jesse Daniel, if you know who he yeah, is. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's from my hometown. We went to high school. Okay, yeah, he's yeah. from California. Yeah. I don't know guy. him personally, but I love his music. So I'm yeah. a fan. From California, from a mile down the street from me. <laughs> so are you from like, what's the town you're from technically? It's called, called Ben Lomond. Is it? It's very small. Where is it in reference to like Bakersfield? Oh, a couple, like four hours north. Oh, okay, yeah. so not even close. If you've heard of Santa Cruz. Yeah, oh yeah. Santa Cruz. Like, oh, amazing. In the, in the Redwoods, so Santa Cruz, yeah. That's, I've always wanted to see that. Yeah, come I haven't out. seen it. There's some cool places to, to perform in Santa Cruz, for sure. So, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard San Diego's 
city mm-hmm. I need a hit next. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if people are asking you, how do I do what you're doing? Because the way I think about it for me, I, again, I'm not a musician, so I always get nervous asking music questions because, again, I, know I can't read music. I don't perform hey. music. But I'm going to get on that mandolin. I will. Come on. You don't um, have to read music. All right. But but I run also. And I think about how, you know, run I can... I like you run? I'm a runner too, yeah. Right on. I think I heard you mention that in the podcast. I'm like, yeah. right on, running. And, you know, I could run 26 miles. I could. But I'm not going to be running 26 miles as fast as an Olympic marathoner. Right. You know, a lot of people play guitar, but they're not, you know, <laughs> performing in front of a sold out show at Barrel House tonight. So how do you take it to the next level? How do you tell people this is how you take your artistry to the next level in order to achieve all that you have the capacity to achieve? Man, that's a great question. I think I think you just have to believe that, and then this is going to sound so corny, and I'll give a more, like, I guess a, a more approachable kind of, like, list of advice after this. But I think, first and foremost, you have to believe you have something unique to share. Like, I think whether you're doing a podcast or you're making a video or movie, you have to believe that, like, your perspective is worth listening to or that it's bringing something new to the table. And you have to believe that. And, and and after, you know, but prior to that belief, you have to work on, like, narrowing what you want to do, what you want to say down. And you're, it's always going to change. But, like, I think when I started believing that I had something worthwhile to say, like, I I think something changed in my life and my career. Um, and I didn't believe that for a long time. And when once I started to, that was when I can think back on the most market change in my in my life but on a practical sense like you just have to do that thing every day like you just have to do it and like mess up and suck and like for music you have to write bad songs and oh I can't believe I wrote that and like I saw this documentary um it's like Ed Sheeran songwriting documentary and he was like it's like running a faucet that hasn't been run in a long time like you have to keep running it and get all the dirty water out before you can get the clean water so you have to turn that faucet on and write the bad songs and like write all your bad ideas and like kind of gain enough experience to where you are like okay well I've we I've, I've written everything that's cliche or I've done that and now I'm in it and I want to you know I've already written that I've already written that idea I've already written that and that forces you to be creative so the more you do it the more you're like I'm gonna get bored with writing about the same thing if I don't figure out a new melody or a new way to do it or a new vibe or a new you know kind of chord progression a new sound so you just have to do it every day you have to put in hours and like put in hours when no one can see and and write songs that no one will ever hear and and you have to be okay with that and like be okay with failure ultimately is like that's what I've you know one of the biggest lessons I've learned is like if it doesn't work like, literally no one cares enough to, like, blacklist you from anything. Like, oh, what? If you play a song and it doesn't go over well, you know, it's okay. Mm. Like, just write another song. That's a bit, Like, it's yeah. not that serious. So you just can't be so precious about it either. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, the reps for me, it, it, it was at a point when, you know, when I first started writing songs, I'd fixate on one song for, like, a whole month. You know, oh, I got to finish this song. I can't get it right. But it's like, I should have just written it and gotten over with. And if I've you know, go back to it and say, well, this is a good idea. Like, I might rewrite that. Then you can rewrite it later. But, like, just finish it and get it off your desk, like your your mental desk. We all have those kind of, like, we all have our tabs running. Just close the tab and move on. 
I like that. That's how I've, that's how I've, but that's like a creative, you know, from like a career perspective, I would say like, you just have to show up, you know, from, I'm from a creative side, like keep doing it at home and like by yourself and, and do it because you love it. But for me, it's been like getting out there and showing my face and meeting people and, and being social in a lot of ways, like hang in. And that's how you get song ideas is like, man, I feel like for about three years in Nashville, I was at a bar probably every night. It wasn't that I was drinking every night. It's that I was out watching music or out, you know, with seeing friends play and just showing up. You have to be present to win. And I think a lot of people, it's easy to say like, well, I could have been, you know, this if I would only done it. But I just, you know, so you just got to do it. You got to get out there and show your face. And it's a social, it's a social career. Um, you have to talk to fans and you have to get used to like, talking to you know you should be able to do interviews I'm sure like I'll look back on this in five years and be like oh I want to do it again because I'm a I like am better at interviews now you know but I don't even know where I'm going with that other than number one you can't care what other people think number two you have to do you know just do the thing even when it's cringy just write the song finish it get it off your your desk your mental desk and then three is just be open to like meet and learn from other people. And it's like, for example, when I was on tour with Lainey, it's like I'm watching her. She's she's so animated when she performs. You know, she's like, I want to put a Fitbit on that girl and see how many steps she has taken and see how like she's probably run six miles during an hour and a half set. And it's amazing. So I learned that from her. Like I, w I was watching her and I'm like, man, that makes me want to be a better performer. Makes me want to like learn how you know how is she doing that how is she grabbing the crowd and then she like, go on tour with morgan you hear people singing every lyric of the song back to her and just feeling it and you hear you know in her vip i'm setting up my merch while she does vip and people are telling her about how this song connected with them like it, it's so cool and like seeing both sides of that you know be two very different and equally important artists you're just learning from them being open to being like man, that person knows something I don't. They've been doing it longer. And like, what is it that like I can learn from them? Mm. There's so much wisdom in there. Believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> believe in you, yourself. That's, a, that's There's so much. I got to go back and listen to all that. Like, <laughs> believe in yourself. Keep practicing, doing things over and over again. Um, yes, always. And, and uh, not taking, I mean, criticism is is one thing. Like, like constructive feedback is good. Yes. I was talking to a guy actually outside the club. I think he was a club promoter or something at, when I interviewed Balin the other night he goes oh you're the van guy what's the podcast called I'm like oh it's called Nick's Vancast he goes oh I thought it would be called something different I'm like well that's not very constructive <laughs> 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 like, that's a wild thing to say oh <laughs> but again I gotta have thick skin here in the podcast game you have to have thick skin <laughs> in it all man I've yeah. had some crazy just crazy like comments that you're just like oh like one guy in California was like Man, I loved you, but I liked when you were singing background vocals better. And you're just like, <laughs> I just look at him and I was like, thanks. Thank you. Some things you just had to, you know, let him roll yeah. off your back. And, right. Yeah. Because I'm not going to go. Like, I'm not going to convince that guy that Nick's Vancast is a good name. Yeah. He didn't like it. My friend Max came up with it, and it was before episode. I love one. it. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I was like, maybe I should make it the Vancast and make it a little bit more marketable, but yeah, whatever. No, I love it. Thank I, you. I like. <laughs> no, it helped. It helped me remember it. It helped me separate. Okay, it out. perfect. Yeah. Thank you. And I don't want to go recreating all these graphics and stuff. So no, I guess it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> it's amazing. But um, 
Shoot, I uh, oh, can we show your merch? This is a great show. Oh, before you go, yeah, this is sick. Can you Thank tell you. us how this came to be? Oh man, I um did this like so these glasses were <laughs> in the picture were Ben's grandmother's glasses from her like house. She's like, you want these? And I was like, man, those are cool. And so I wore it. I wore that um, those glasses for the photo shoot. And then me and my manager, we were just sitting at the by. She was like by her computer. She's like, we need to make you shirt. And she opened up Photoshop, and I was like, move that there and put that there. And then we put it in and got it made. It's a great shirt. It's Thank a, you. It's great merch. It's funny because a lot of dudes are like, do you think I can, like, get away with wearing this? Like, it's just, you know. Yeah, I think you can. Like, it's going to look amazing. Oh, I'm it's going to look so cool. I'm wearing it tonight at the show. Thank that you. May be, do that it. That dorky, not talking about the shirt, but to wear the shirt of the artist that you're going to see. No. Because I would never wear a race shirt to a running race of the race the shirt is about. I see what you're saying, but I, as a musician, I like it. Okay, I'll be out there rocking this. As, a, as like a as an artist, I'm I'm with it. I okay. think it's cool. Yeah, cool. I think I'll it's awesome. So her uh, Morgan's bass player Johnny, he wore one the other night, the Fillmore. Oh, right on. On stage, it was awesome, and I was like, oh. You were just in San Francisco, huh? Yes. Yeah. So Fillmore. you went south, and then you're back north again. You're all oh, over. You're going the back place. to LA tomorrow to fly back. Holy cow. Well, I can't wait till you come out west again or I'm going to find you where you are and yes. see you some more because what you're doing is amazing. The new album, is it Just Me? For those who haven't listened to it yet, I say yet, and they should. Yes. What's the first track they should listen to? The first one and then just listen to the whole thing? I think or? listen to it in order. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about albums in order. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on hey. Nick's Vancast. Cheers. Ranchwater. Meg McCree, keep crushing it out there. Thank you so much for having me and for finding the music and reaching out. That was a, that was one of the moments you were even you were saying like, oh man, it's so cool when someone just like slides into your DMs and says a nice thing. Like, thank you. That yeah, so validating for me, and absolutely. I really appreciate it. I, and I love that you found it in such an organic way. Yeah, absolutely. I. I listen to music all day long, and and I'm not reaching out to every artist that I listen to, but I'm like, this is unique. I like this a lot. Thank I you. need to find where she's playing and go see her live. Even if you weren't coming on the VanCast, I had to go see you live. Well, I'm, I'm glad psyched. you're here. Tonight's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, thank you, Meg, and we'll see you out on the road. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Confidence.